On today's episode, Alan and I are going to discuss what the Coonhound program has on tap for the next few months before getting into an interview with Kenneth LaRue of the Black and Tan Association. Hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. I'll be hosting today. I'm Trevor Wade, the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, and I'm joined by the Director of Hunting Ops, Alan Gingrich. How's it going, Alan? Good. It's not snowing today. Yeah, it's kind of gotten hot here. I know. It? I just got back in from lunch, and I think it's close to 80. It's got to be pushing 80. It's a beautiful day out there. Though. Yeah, beautiful. Been starting to finally do some uh, spring chores, mowing and clearing brush and all that yeah. good stuff, and it kind of feels good to get out there and get some sunlight on you. Yeah, wasn't it just last week's episode when we were talking about where it snowed a little bit? I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. it snowed last Monday. Yeah, heading yeah. Up before we headed down to the black and tan days. Yes, yeah. that's, that's kind of what we're ta- be talking about today a little bit. Um, while I was down there at black and tan days, I had a chance to conduct an interview with their association, and right from the beginning, the inception of this, that was one of our our big ideas. Our, one of our biggest points that we wanted to do was to talk to uh, associations, to affiliated uh, associations about some of the things they have going on, some of their ideas, and kind of uh, instruct the people out there who may not know otherwise about their association and what they can do for them and, and, and vice versa. Yeah, and it's kind of worked out, really. We're, we're kind of taking the, this platform to them when we're at their events, so it's a good time just to sit down and talk with somebody. So it works works good. Yeah. We've uh, we talked about it last time. We've kind of made it through the busy month of April, yeah, and our yeah. part of our spring schedule that brought forth you know national championship and world championships and different programs. And uh, for the Coonhounds, uh, it doesn't mean that it's not busy anymore. Still have uh, you know quite a few breed days to go to this uh, this summer before we uh, eventually get to the fall where we get to Automobile and World Championship, yeah. and you get to some of your World Championships and in, uh, in Beagles and and other other programs, but. Uh, Today, I just we're kind of here at the midway point a little bit through the through the travel season and uh, before we get into the hunting season, and uh, thought it might be good to just look at what's ahead. Yeah, it's midway for a lot of programs, but for one of them, the Youth Spotlight Series, it's actually the end of uh, the end of the calendar year, or not the calendar year, but the end of the series year for them. And uh, the new one, the new series, kicks off June first. So, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit, I think. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about the Spotlight Series and the Junior Handler Enrollment Forum on, mm-hmm. on the last podcast that we did uh, about coonhounds. So you'll be to go back and listen to that. But uh, you're right, we we did do it. We're we're still in the transition of making it to all electronic, which we talked a lot about. Um, and May 31st, that's the end of the series. After that, you know, sometimes it takes a week or two to get in the final reports from clubs. I may have held events on that weekend. But then as soon as we can, we're going to finalize those results and, and they'll be announced across our social media platforms on our website to get it out there to let you know which uh, youngsters brought home the Spotlight Series crowns this year. Yeah, and you crown all those at the Youth Nationals, which happens in July, which is kind of why we made the season on those dates, you know, from June 1st to May 31st. So, And it works great, and that's a great platform at Youth Nationals to uh, recognize those winners of that series. 
yeah, barring a a, a pandemic or anything of yeah. the sort, then we yeah. were we're able yeah. to uh, finalize everything and get jackets ordered and actually hand them out there at youth nationals. Yeah, they usually don't need them there at the end of July, no matter where we are. But right. they're still nice right. to get it to them. Yeah, and uh, and to uh, give it to them in front of their peers, which I, yeah. I really like that recognition yeah. in front of your peers. Uh, while we're talking about the spotlight series, we did, uh, while we're making the change to electronic, we've kind of made one little tweak to it that I thought we should announce on here as well as we'll put it in writing in different places. And that's, we kind of changed the the way that the, the aging works a little bit. And that's now we, starting for next year, right? For that's this next season. starting June 1st. Right. right. And uh, it's still going to be the same age categories. The junior division is still going to be five to 12 and the senior division is still going to be 13 to 17. But now the only the that your age only matters on the very first day of that series. So what do you what age you are on June first will be which what division you're competing in for the duration of the series. So that means if if I'm twelve on June first, I'm going to be competing in the junior series for that whole series. Even if you turn thirteen in right. July, you're still competing yep. in the junior division because you were twelve when the year started. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, honestly the best thing that it does for us on our end of it is the programming is already set for your Beagle programs, and that's the way yeah. that they do it over there. It is. And, uh, and it, it's just a lot simpler for mm. the programming aspect of it, right? Yep. And so you're going to compete in the age class in, in the in the junior-senior division based on – and really the only one that it, it applies to is for the junior division. So if you're 12 when you start, that's the category you're going to finish in for the year, even if you turn 13. Yeah. I guess we should mention 17-year-olds just in case. If you're 17 at the beginning of the competition year, the day you turn 18, you're no longer eligible to compete in youth events. But any uh, points that you accrued while you were 17 will still count towards your Spotlight Series sure. uh, point total. Sure. You can still have a chance to, to maybe bring home a Spotlight Series yeah. award. Yeah. Um, and just a reminder, those junior handler enrollment forms, uh, we've kind of put that everywhere now. Magazines, websites, we're going to put it on social media. I uh, really need to get those in. By June 1st, really, we need to get as much information on the kids competing as we can. That way we can apply points correctly. Yep. And you mentioned a little bit, Youth Nationals. Youth Nationals is kind of our next national Coonhound event, mm -hmm. what we can, would consider, one that we actually administer. And that's coming up here uh, not too in the not-too-distant future, uh, end of July. It's going to be July 21st and 22nd this year at the North Central Kentucky Coonhunters Clubhouse. There in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. That's a place you've been before. I've been there. We've had uh, World Zones there before. We've had our World Championship Finals there. It's uh, kind of hilly there, but uh, they do a very good job. They're putting uh, putting casts in the woods, and I think they'll be uh, it'll be a good place for it. They have a. I assume you're going to have it at the same fairgrounds that we that we had before out there. And if so, they have a, a couple of very nice buildings, a nice pavilion building that is kind of open-sided that works great for the show. We've had the world show there, so it'll be a nice place. Yeah, so and I've I've been working hand in hand with their uh, their officers and it's always nice whenever they're super excited. You know, we didn't have to talk them into doing this. They they were uh, they wanted something. Uh we wanted something in the in the middle. You know, we've been as far west as Oklahoma, as far east as West Virginia in the past couple of years. We were in Ohio last year. Want to go a little bit further south, so I think Kentucky is just smack dab yeah. in the middle of everything. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be a reasonable drive. I mean, no, of course, people have drives, but it'll be reasonable for everybody. Right. On some main byways, there's plenty of, you'll be able to, folks are going to be able to camp there on the grounds. Uh, but there's also plenty of hotels in town there, too. That's not an issue at all. Right. You know? And we're going to talk a lot more about youth nationals in a future episode. Probably, probably kind of uh, give them a whole segment here, there. But we're right now, we're just kind of highlighting what we have on our, our docket in the Coonhelm pro, uh, program. But, uh, yeah, if you're if you're planning on going to youth nationals, there's two license events that weekend on Friday and Saturday night uh, for the youth. There's a non-licensed bench show there on Saturday. 
with a seminar beforehand that the judge Kayla Cooper will be doing. So uh, make make uh, plans to be down there in E Town in July. It's going to be a good time for yeah. all the youth. And most of those that have been to the youth nationals know are familiar with the show. And and you mentioned it being non licensed. And the reason for that, just really quick, that it's non-licensed because the classes are set up differently than a licensed show would be, and it's based on the kid's age, the handler's age, yeah. and those that becomes the class. They can enter whatever dog, doesn't matter the breed, the age, the sex, uh, none of that, the titles the dog has, all that doesn't matter. It's going to be, in other words, if you have an eight-year-old handler, he's going to be in the eight-year-old class That's right. with whatever dogs those kids are handling there, and then the same with the nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, and and um, sometimes it even happens where in the upper division, in the senior division, a senior might handle a dog that a junior already handled in the junior division, and that's fine. Right. Just and doesn't it, work very well for them to handle the same dog in a couple different age classes outside of the junior and the senior division, but they can certainly do that. Right. And it's a show based solely on showmanship. Uh, kind of the, the way yeah. the dog looks isn't considered the way the kids shows and, and the, the, you know, the information that's a, that they that's know a lot is. of it, you know, and they, they judge the dogs a little bit, but half of it is uh, emphasis is put on the kids uh, handling ab abilities and how they represent their dogs to the judges. But I always thought it was really cool because they start with the younger class, like the seven year olds, eight year olds and watching that progression as the kids get older. That's pretty cool to see. Oh yeah, for sure. And that, uh, that event ad has been out there. It's been floated around. Uh, it's been in our May and June, uh, Issues that come down bloodlines. Yeah. And right now it's already on our website. If you go to ukcdogs.com, look under the Youth Nationals tab, you'll be able to find that that uh, uh, ad for everybody to see for any more information you need. Yeah, and generally they have a couple other activities going on outside of the hunts and the shows. You probably mentioned they, they're looking at having some water races possibly. Well, yeah, they said they, they have a, they have access to water there, so I'm not sure. if, if the uh, Some water races, maybe some uh, dash race type stuff with dogs. But then also some stuff away for they'll have uh, – Cornhole, volleyball, badminton, they're going to have some fish. They have, uh, there's fish in the pond, so they'll be able, kids will be able to fish during the downtime. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to do to yeah. keep the kids busy all Good. day long. Good. Uh, Youth Nationals is always a great time. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. Um, uh, the next one after that is uh, not going to be long after that. It's Auto Don't already, say it. Don't say it. <laughs> already gearing up for Auto Can you believe that? We're talking about Auto already. It sneaks, the, what sneaks up on you is uh, uh, editing the ad. For yeah. the for the magazine, which we just got done doing, because that's in the going to be in the June issue. Yeah, so the deadline for the June issue is May first. So yeah, that's already we've already looked at a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it really really sneaks up on you, and mm -hmm. you're thinking, man, oh man, we just uh, we just had this thing, but uh, it's it's out there now. I just checked online. It's if you go to ukcdogs.com under the Automotive tab, our ad is on there. Uh, it's going to be in the June issue. Um, it's going to be in Bloodlines for the next few months. You know, you guys know how that works. And this week, Automox is going to get kicked off on August 29th. It's going to start out on that Tuesday night with our warm-up slams uh, and then into Thursdays whenever the the actual, you know, national dual championship confirmation show stuff there starts there on the grounds. Uh, so August 29th through September 3rd, that's Sunday morning, whenever we finish everything up at some point on Sunday morning, uh, awarding a national grand yeah. champion. So basically the same lineups we've had uh, here in the last several, four, five, six years, so. Yeah, it's going to be there right on uh, Labor Day weekend in Richmond, Indiana at the uh, Wayne County Fairgrounds. So same old stuff. You guys probably have that uh, bookmarked already on your schedule, got vacation time put in. So we're all all looking forward to that. I will let you guys know online entries are going to open for Autumn Oaks uh, July 1st. July 1st, and they're going to run through August 11th. So you got about a month and a half there to get entered up. Uh, that's when online entries open. 
Um, and with the ad being out there, you can go find it right now. You can see all the hunt deadlines. You can see times. You can see, you know, what the schedule of events are. All the bench show details are on there. We even have the judges and their assignments for the weekend are already on the ad. So go check that stuff out. And along with that, you can also find all the lodging recommendations from our national events team, uh, information about the dog barn and how that works. And the last thing is vendor information. Yeah. It's time for vendors to yep. go ahead and get signed up and get out yep. there. I think we're going to have a big crowd this year. Golf carts is another thing. I Just this week I posted to put a sticky on our uh, Kunon forums uh, for information for golf carts. Folks want rent, to uh, rent one of those. Should get that done ASAP while they uh, have them available for you. Yeah, you don't want to be walking around that big fairgrounds all weekend, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have those golf carts. And then right now, you know, I've uh, steady, steady so far has been the RQEs. Uh, it's been nice. We've seen a, a pretty decent increase in entries over our regional qualifying events this year, which makes sense with it coming the finals being back in the, in yeah. Mount Gilead, Ohio, this year. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, that's we're where halfway you just through came, the qualifying yeah, season. Yeah, right that's now. where you were just this uh, last weekend, matter of fact, and uh, with for Black and Tan Days. But yeah, it's yeah. they do a good job out there, don't they? Oh yeah, and they're ready. They've they've been talking about everything they have in place. They've pretty much got their they're they're molding their twenty seven guides for Thursday night on who's gonna be able to to get the the cast in the most secure yep. safe places to score coons. So yeah, and you know they are. You know, I actually got a couple texts from the club members this just this past weekend. You know, and that were had a couple questions for me about the world hunt coming up. You know, so yeah, they're looking ahead and and making plans already. So that's that's good. Yeah, just tells you how organized they are and how on top of things they want to be. Yeah. And like Autumn Oaks, the online entry for the World Championship is going to open July 1st. Um, the last day to enter, as always, is going to be the Saturday while we're at Autumn Oaks. That'll be the last day to get signed up. That's September 2nd this year. Um, we, we've given away uh, receipts for winners at our RQEs for hunting show winners. Um, we're also mailing them out with your certificates after the event's over. So you can feel free to mail them in. Uh, is that my recommendation? Probably not. I'd probably wait till online entries are open uh, just because – uh, the mail can be tricky sometimes, but uh, you do have that. We do have a lot of those flowing in right now, a lot of uh, uh, mailed-in entries. But on, July 1st is, is the date whenever online entries are open for the World Championship as well. Yeah, so that means if you got a dog qualified, you'll be able to enter it online. And only those dogs that are qualified are, are going to be able to even uh, uh, enter. In other words, if I try to enter a dog that is not qualified, it's probably not going to work for me. Yeah, just because you just because you think you're going to get qualified doesn't mean you can go right. ahead and interrupt. So. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Put the horse ahead of the cart, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit already, and we'll talk about it more in depth closer to time, but the zones are going to be September 15th and 16th. We've talked about those seven locations. I don't think there's any need to go over it. Our ad has been in the, in the bloodlines again, and you can always find that stuff on our website. If you're having any trouble navigating that, get in touch with us in the hunting ops department. You can – Call us, you can chat us, you can email us, and we'll get you all set up on where to find these event ads that I'm referring to. Um, and like we said, World Finals is going to be September 21st through 23rd at the Morrow County Fairgrounds in Mount Gilead, Ohio. So it's going to be a good time. Um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, speaking of both of those events, let's uh, transition a little bit into the Triple Crown. Um, we're kind of, you know, that's such a big gap between the first leg and the second and third legs. But after the Winter Classic there, which is the first leg of the Triple Crown, we had 26 double cast winners, yeah. so right now we got 26 dogs tied for first place in the Triple Crown race. Yeah, the time gap, and those were the double cast winners at the Winter Classic that was held in the middle of February. And the second uh, second event is Autumn Oaks, so yeah, that's a little uh, a, a little bit of time there. And then the third and final leg is the World Championship starts two weeks after Autumn Oaks, so yeah, that uh, the last leg is pretty quickly after that second one. 
Yeah. The one thing is if you got double cast wins at uh, Winter Classic, you hopefully you haven't been uh, sitting around. Hopefully you've been working on getting your dog qualified right. for the world. Right. Because you're going to have to do that, and you're also going to have to make some plans to to get to Autumn Oaks in order to get that $3,000 check and that embroidered jacket for your, your triple crown win. Yep. Be sure you're keeping that in mind. If you have double cast wins at Winter Classic, why not? You're already in the driver's seat. so For sure. Get out. 26 of them, you said, right? That's right, 26, 26 of them. Yeah. Well, the hey, uh, obviously I talked about it. just got back from Black and Tan Days. We're kind of in the middle of our uh, breed championship year so far. Uh, we had uh, Tree and Walker Days a few weeks ago. Leopard Days. Leopard Days the week after that, and then just had Black and Tan Days. Yeah. So we still got, by the time you listen to this, Blue Tick Days will be in the bag because that's this uh, next weekend for me, but this is uh, this, the way that the scheduling right. works. And then after that, we'll have uh, – Redbone days, English days, and plot days. But uh, I figure real quick we'll go through a rundown of who some of our major winners were at our, our breed championships this year so far and before we get into our, our interview from Black and Tan days. Um, so the first one was Tree and Walker days, like we talked about, April 20th through 22nd in Hillsboro, Ohio. Our overall night hunt winner, no stranger right here, Grand Night Champion Stevens, Stevenson's Willow, owned by Kevin Morehouse in Ohio, Tree and Walker. Yeah, here in UKC, she probably made uh, uh, that name is uh, is – very familiar only based because of the first TOC. Yeah. She was in the finals of the TOC. Yeah, $30,000 winner. Final cast was, yeah, it was a runner up there. And, uh, so, yeah, Stevenson's Willow, Kevin Morehouse. So, and she was the only dog to be at the Triple Crown or at the TOC three years running, was it not? One of two. One of two. Her okay. Or two of three. Two of three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, nice, nice female. He's done a lot of winning with her and, uh, yeah, overall winner for the Walker Days this year. Yeah, for the opposite sex was uh, a dog from here in northern Indiana, night champion Mallard Roost Iceman. Tree and Walker owned by Jeff Cole and Lucas Bartman in Indiana. Yeah, Jeff Cole's from uh, my home area, home region in northern Indiana, and uh, belongs to the Whitley County Coon Hunters there. And Lucas Bartman is a guy that uh, is is kind of Jeff's partner there, does a lot of the hunting and the handling, and Jeff is kind of the truck man, I guess, now. But uh, yeah. Lucas is a great, a great handler, has had some great dogs, and I can tell you, there's not very, there's very very few guys that hunt any harder than Lucas Park. I was gonna say these guys if you have if you're friends with them on Facebook they're hunting every night. Yeah, and there's some great places to hunt in our part of the country here, in northern Indiana. But I'm telling you, they put their dogs in some of the roughest stuff they can find sometimes, and I think it pays off for them yeah. sometimes. Uh, the overall bench show winner from the weekend here, continuing their hot streak, Grand Champion Skyline and Leave You Dare the Devil. Yeah, that's a name we hear quite a bit here recently. And in, in, uh, yeah, Bridget Clary, Beth Jenkins from Virginia, there yep. with that tree and walker. And then the opposite sex is going to be from West Virginia, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Two, Southern All American Ruger, Tree and Walker, Tiffany and Mark Atkins. Yeah, good folks down there from West Virginia. We see them at all the major uh, shows and such, and it's good to see them uh, doing doing some. Getting some good wins here. Yeah. Uh, the Lee Crawford, that's kind of a big deal for the Tree and Walker Association. They do that on Thursday, kind of a culmination of all their sectional events throughout the year. you got to qualify for it. And then you compete against the best of the best there at, on Thursday at Tree and Walker Days. Uh, this year, the overall uh, Lee Crawford bench show winner on Thursday was grand champion, two confirmation champion, Skyline Stay in Your Lane, a Tree and Walker male owned by Megan O'Connor and Beth Jenkins. Uh, Megan O'Connor's in Iowa, Beth in Virginia. Yeah. Big win for them. Uh, on the hunt side of things, the overall Lee Crawford night hunt winner was night champion Mill Creek Roxy, Mark Wa Mark Meyer from Ohio with that tree and walker there. And then uh, the last one that we'll point out from Walker Days, the pup extravaganza. That's kind of caught on, uh, kind of became a big deal. Uh, and uh, just, if you look at the list of past winners, man, what a list of, of dogs that have won that Thursday night pup hunt. 
at uh, Walker Days. I know they do a pretty good added purse for that event. Uh, this year's winner, night champion, Hillbilly the Kid, a tree and walker owned by Jack Maggard of Kentucky. Yep. I think handled, handled by Eric Pyatt, I think. Okay, yeah. Moving on to the next weekend, April 27th through 29th in Holmesville, Ohio. That was the annual American Leopard Days event. Um, they've uh, been there in Holmesville for the past couple years. Uh, this year, the overall night hunt winner was the dog named Main Street Fusion. I looked uh, just before I came down, it was like the dog just got transferred into the new owner's name. Uh, this is Zero BS is the dog's name now. It's an English male owned by Zach Kane and Travis Russell up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was going to say uh, uh, somebody, I think old Fred Moran called me and asked me about this. Uh, and it's a boy that lives close to him, I guess, that owns this dog. And he said that he was pretty tickled that he won the overall overall hunt winner there at Leopard Days with this dog. So yeah, and I knew he was he was going to send the papers in. So must be uh, that has happened now. So yeah, yeah, I've been seeing this dog's name around a little bit. So it's yeah. like they're traveling. Yeah, good uh, for him. Uh, so with a, an English dog winning the overall there, they still had a high scoring leopard, which was Champion McCandless's Swamp Run Nicks HTX. A leopard owned by Candace McCandless in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania dogs showed out there in the yeah. uh The overall bench show winner, here's a one with a bunch of titles that Chuck Slattery and Lucas Slattery down in Tennessee own. Uh, Grandfield champion, water champion, confirmation champion, grand champion five, Soak Creek, Mr. Moose, spot. A uh, big win for Chuck. He's been going all over the country. Well-deserved win there for him. Um, and the opposite sex is uh, one right here from Michigan. Bandy Berlin owns this leopard. Female, grand champion, Backroads, Wild Rose. Yeah. So congratulations to all those winners. Yep. Moving on to uh, Black and Tan Days, the one I just came from. Had a had a blast there. I, uh, You know, Black and Tan Days, they have uh, they were in Flora for so long, and they've tried some different things just to take the strain off of Flora a little bit. Not that I still go to Flora twice, so it doesn't seem like yeah. they're taking too much of a break, but uh, uh, they, uh, they've they been to Peru. Now they're in Mount Gilead, and uh, – I think everybody enjoyed themselves there, getting to hunt new terrain, see new people. Uh, first time it's been in Ohio, I think, and they said 16 or 17 years, and I think it was a big success for them. They were in Wapakoneta, I'm going to say, less than not that long ago, but uh, just gotcha. for the one year. So, yeah, probably forgot about that year that they were there. But that's just that's not too fast. That's just off of Interstate 75, Wapakoneta. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and it's a big walk. Or Black and Tan Day is always a big one, one of the bigger breed day hunts you'll go to. Yeah. Uh, our big, our it's amazing big, to see that many black and tans <laughs> on Thursday night like that. It is, yeah. There's so many categories. We had uh, Ben Sheets, Tree Talking Media, there taking our wind photos for us on uh, on this weekend. And uh, I, t- I told him beforehand, you'll see more black and tans than you've ever seen in your life, yeah. there, especially on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, I don't think he took me serious, but he believed <laughs> me by the time it was over with. There's yeah. a lot of black and tans. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, kind of like red bone days, they all look the same. <laughs> That's true. Did I already take your picture once or yeah. twice? I'm not sure. Uh, the big winners of the weekend there, at Black of Ten Days, King of Hunt was uh, uh, no stranger here, Mr. Jeff yeah. Nelson, champion, granite champion Nelson's Northern Cash Jr. Uh, Jeff's there out of Illinois. He was also the first guy to win the UKC World Championship with a black dog. First one to make one a granite champion Hall of Fame. It's, yeah. I've uh, is just an, a guy who's Always competing with his black and tans. You know, you talk about some of these uh, breeds and they talk about uh, how they don't, a lot of them don't travel to some of the bigger events like the world championship and, and some of the higher dollar entry events. He's always going to be there. Yep. He thinks he's got one capable of winning it all. And he usually does. He absolutely does. He's had some great dogs, great hounds over the years. Uh, Queen of Hunt was night champion, midnight smoking penny. Uh, there's a black and tan female owned by Donald McKean in Tennessee, down there in South Tennessee, right on the Alabama border. 
Yeah, well, Donald is somebody I guess I'm not familiar with. He'd be from your part of the country down there. But, yeah, congratulations, Mr. Uh, McKeon. Had to talk him into staying on Saturday. He was uh, he won his uh, cast of the RQE on Thursday and was talking about leaving um, after the hunt on Friday and after he won with a pretty decent score. I think he had four and a quarter on Friday. He's like, can't leave now. Yeah. Got to yeah, stay yeah. now. Hey, yeah, yeah. Paid off staying, Donald. Yeah. I'm not taking credit, but I kind of am. <laughs> yeah, I see here with King of the Show. You're gonna, you're, I'll let you have at that one again. You all, the, all, all those titles. Uh, I kind of, like I struggle with that whenever this dog comes up at a show that I'm announcing or something. But uh, uh. Um, they're they're uh, all our UKC's own titles, and and you and I are not that familiar with all of these. But yeah, kind of got on to David and missed you a little bit about all these titles. <laughs> Come on, yeah. teach me what these yeah. things are. But I, yeah. uh, they, it's, a lot of them are obedience and. Uh, like uh, agility titles. This dog does a little bit of everything. And, and what we're talking about is David Gilman and Misty Yarrington's uh, black and tan male. They call Hank. Uh, his titles racing, IAPN, uh, UAGI, which is an agility title, Grand Champion 2, URO2, Confirmation Grand Champion, Gilman's Good Time Tradition Spot, or Hank, as I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, Hank is much easier. Much easier, yeah. <laughs> And the queen of show, I was uh, I was tickled to see this. A 17-year-old uh, lady from down there in Missouri, Chloe Gibson, a uh, dog that she co-owns with Misty Yarrington, won queen of show with champion PR CNM's outlaw Della Rose. Yeah. So congratulations to Chloe. Yeah, I would assume that those two dogs, the king and queen, are probably uh, somewhat related, I would assume. I think Maybe they share not. a little bit of lineage. Yeah. 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 Um, the Champions Classic, like we talked about for Walker Days and the Lee Crawford, the Champions Classic that they do at Black Attendance has kind of became a big deal. For yeah, them. happens on Wednesday night, does it not? The yeah. hunt happens on Wednesday. The show happens on Thursday. And yeah. it's basically a culmination of sectional winners through the year and also uh, the top placing uh, Black Attendance in major events through the year. So your king, your high scoring Black Attendance from Autumn Oaks will be there. Your Winter Classic, your the highest one in uh, TOC will be there. So. Honestly, you have to you have to do something impressive throughout the year to be invited yeah. to this thing. Yeah, um, and the they still just take the sixteen, just 16 the sixteen. Dogs. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yep, they'll take the six, and they fill the rest of them in with the sectional winners. Yeah. Is what they do. Yeah. And this year, the Champions Classic Hunt winner, they treat a bunch of coons on Wednesday night. I was keeping up with the the play by plays they were doing on our forums. Chris Knighty was doing, and uh, and sure enjoyed that. Good job by them putting it out there. And the Champions Classic winner this year was Grand Night Champion Three Kentucky River Nitro. Yeah, uh, black and tan male owned by Jimmy Reese and Aaron Gray. Uh, Jimmy's in Tennessee. Aaron Flop, of course, he's in Kentucky. Right, and uh, hard hunters are behind that dog right there. So no surprise, really. They hunt their dogs hard. They've always got one in contention, and and uh, you know a winner. And here's Kentucky River Nitro. Good for them. Congratulations. Uh, the winner of the Champions Classic Ben Show, a uh, dog that's uh, actually the king of hunt at Black and Tan Days last year. Champion Flat Timber Hardwood Moose, Black and Tan male owned by Bobby and Trenton Livingston of Ohio. So congratulations to them. I wanted to include in here Morgan McClurg of Westby, Wisconsin. First time I've, I've ever seen this young lady. Uh, she came and she kind of cleaned up. She They were giving away a bunch of good awards. You know the Black and Tan Association always gives away uh, a bunch of good stuff to the youth. They have good events that weekend. One thing they do is a scholarship hunt and show that they do uh, where uh, the winners of those scholarship hunt and show can get money for their education. And yeah. she was the $1,000 scholarship winner in the hunt and the $1,000 scholarship winner in the show. Well, good for her. Congratulations, Morgan. Nice job. Uh, she was the only winner in the hunt that, that got the scholarship. But on the show side, Jocelyn Renfro of Russellville, Arkansas, also was able to get a $500 scholarship for her opposite sex win in the show. Yeah. And um, 
And that kind of uh, concludes uh, the big winners from the weekend. Uh, like I talked about, I was able to sit down and, and carve out about 30 minutes out of one of the busiest guys of the weekend, Mr. Kenneth Chooch LaRue from down there in uh, Louisiana. Uh, yeah, Converse, Louisiana. I got him to sit down with me uh, and talk a little bit about the association. Great guy. Great guy to talk to. And uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to this interview with him for sure. But he does a lot for the association. He's very, he's just a, such a positive guy too. He is. He does. Yep. He's a good talker, and we we had a chance to talk about uh, you know what they have going on, what's new, talk about some of the new officers coming in, and one spoiler alert in here is he's about to announce where uh, Black and Hand Days is going to be in 2024. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with uh, Kenneth Larue. Alan, we both had Doctor Pathfinder twos now for a little while. What do you think about yours? I'm liking mine. One of the things I had the opportunity to now download a map of an area where I did not have service, and I've used it there, and it has worked flawlessly. I love it. Yeah, I love the crystal clear maps. I love that I never lose reception on my dog's collars anymore. Highly recommended by me as well. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Hey everybody, this is Trevor. I'm sitting here on Friday in the Morrow County Fairgrounds at Black and Tan Days and uh, got a special guest today, Mr. Kenneth LaRue with the Black and Tan Association. How you doing, Kenneth? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's uh, great to be here also. Weather's beautiful. Got plenty of black hounds out here. Looks great. Yeah. So, uh, so I, the president of the association or the outgoing president of the association now, I guess, right? That's correct. That's correct. I, I've been the president of the association for a couple of years. Uh, we rotate out uh, presidents every couple of years. Chris Knighty is now the new president of Black and Tan Association. Um, we feel like by doing that, we bring new blood into the system. Uh, you know, no matter where you're at, uh, we can get stale. Yeah. We can get tunnel vision. Yeah. So every couple of years, the president changes and board members change every three years. I like how you guys do that. We talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, you're always uh, kind of reinvigorating the board with new ideas and kind of different mindsets and philosophies and trying different things. And it's worked out for your association. I think that's pretty clear to see. So uh, I like how you guys set that up. Yes, we, uh, uh, you know, it, it's taken a lot of people to do something. It takes a lot of people that's focused and dedicated to this association. And we feel like we got some of the best members in the country. Um, they uh, they work hard. Uh they don't mind change. They accept change. And, you know, change is one of the harder things in the world to accept. A lot of people fight change. But so far, we've been really, really good about our changes that we make. We've well thought out. We, uh, we test the waters first. And we've made changes from, from people that uh, a lot of pencil and paper type stuff. Uh, now we're electronic. Uh, you can go online. You can do anything you want to. Membership. You can... Uh, get ads to the yearbook. Those are the things that we've changed. There initially they were just old pencil and paper stuff. Right, way simpler now. And you know we fight that same stuff as well. We're trying to make stuff a lot more efficient for people. You know we have their best their best interests in in heart and in mind. But uh, sometimes, like you say, some people can be a little reluctant for that. But uh, yeah, so it sounds like today you guys just finished up your meeting. So I thought it'd be a good time to talk to you and and, and bring you in. But first. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, well, hey, let's, first let's talk a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little about, a bit about you, where you're from, uh, family, how yeah, you got yeah, involved in these black dogs? That's pretty easy to do. I'm, uh, I'm from Louisiana. I call born and bred down there. Uh, we're not like swamp people. 
We don't have alligators eating us up all the time. We do have a lot of reptiles. But uh, uh, my dad ordered a black and tan back in the 50s uh, from uh, Tennessee. Uh, supposed to have been a fine coon dog. Well, I don't know if you ever treat a coon. But he got us to hunting black and tan dogs. So that's and how it all started. So huh? that's how it kind of got started with a dog from Tennessee. And uh, he came in on the train, and uh, I think it cost $25. Wow. So from then on, you know, I've been hunting. I've hunted other dogs. I've, I've, obviously, I'm not, I'm not blind. There's some really good dogs out there. And uh, I joined the Black and Tan Association, and uh, I've been a board member, uh, including my president term, but probably almost nine years. Yeah. Um, so – we kind of know the ins and outs of association. Uh, uh, but anyway, stayed in Louisiana, went to Tennessee. I did do about 20 years in the state of Tennessee uh, working. Work will take you a lot of places. Sure. But uh, we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed Tennessee. Uh, but Louisiana kind of pulled me back. And uh, it's my home. My mother's there. My, all my grandkids, everybody's in Louisiana. Yeah, we got a lot of coons. They're just little runny coons. They're not very big like we got up north. But uh, that's kind of how I got into the black and tan business. And, and uh, again, just enjoy the, the people yeah. with the black and tans. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same. Always so enjoyable to be here on this weekend. Uh, so so you mentioned you started out on the board. That's kind of a prerequisite to being a, an officer of the association. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, we get nominated uh, for the board. We do typically three-year terms. Every every three years, we've replaced three more members on the board. There's uh, nine board members. There's five executive members, and then there's a we can appoint anybody we need to other committees. Uh, but yes, that's how we kind of get on. I got on as a board member, and kind of I don't say work your way up. I'm more like getting familiar with the process getting familiar with the people, the people getting familiar with you, and then you work your way up to president. Yeah. You kind of uh, you kind of took over during a, kind of a critical time in the association just because of the timing, right? If I remember correctly, you uh, Chad Smith would have been going out and you would have been coming on as president. You were vice president. You moved to your role as president. Is that Was that in 2020? Right. Right. We, we kind of come in with the COVID era. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all the COVID things that happened, you uh, – we had, we almost didn't get a yearbook out one year uh, because of COVID and no paper. Uh, our paper was on the boats out in the freaking Pacific somewhere. Uh, but we made it. Yeah. We made it. Uh, uh, you know, when you see challenges, it just finds out how good you are, how yeah. good the association is. You, you don't uh, wilt over on challenges. You stand up and take them. So that's what we've been able to do, not just me. I've had tremendous support. Yeah, and uh, so so you did you did your terms and you're you're outgoing today. But let's talk a little bit about the black the Black and Tan Association as a whole. Uh, maybe how how do you become a member of the association and what's some of the perks of being a member of the association? Good, good. The association, you know, you can become a member of the association a lot of ways. Right down here, we taken. Right now, we're taking uh, memberships. I see your um, wife here. She's just about 20 feet from us, and she's got three people at the table joining right now. Right, right. My wife happens to be the uh, membership chairman, so she's pretty busy, too. She's in the association. <laughs> she's been with me through all of this, so she understands the people 
the dogs, they know her. Yeah, but uh, we can go online to abtcha.com, and uh, you can look, scroll down through there. We can, you can pay memberships. You can search to see if you are a member. If you expired, you can also uh, uh, buy ads in our yearbook. You can do anything you want to pretty much. Uh, sectional hunts, schedule them, look at the schedules of next coming hunts through that web page. You know, that web page, again, that's some of the changes that we made uh, because of people not being able to get around and see stuff. So we, we developed and really didn't develop it, I guess. We just tuned it a little bit You're right. to make it better. Uh, but you can join uh, electronically uh, or you can come down at one of the hunts. You can join into sectionals. You guys are always at Winter Classic and Autumn Oaks. We're always at Winter Classic. We're always down at... Uh, Grand American. Yeah, Grand American. We're always, right. you know, the, the major hunts, the three big hunts that UKC puts on, we're there. Yeah. Uh, we've got membership people there to take your membership. Membership is $30 uh, for a year. Uh, you can buy uh, three years and five years. You can buy one year, three years, or five years. Uh, it's a little bit of discount for the five year. Uh, you get a great yearbook if you become a member. Uh, we don't, feel, don't undersell the yearbook now. That thing is top of the top, top notch. Well, we, you know, we do a few things really nice. One of them is make a really good yearbook. Our membership wants a good yearbook, and that's something we have to do. We like to put on a really good hunt, and the membership likes a good hunt. So, you know, we work for the membership. The membership doesn't work for us. Right. So what their needs are is what we address. Yeah, so you guys have you guys have a year, uh, like you said, the yearbook. It's a hardback. Uh, always have a ton of ads. One of the one of the best yearbooks, just as far as participation by the membership, and everybody wants to get their ads in that yearbook and be and be a part of it. So right. I think that uh, that says a lot about about the association and and the membership as a whole. Well, you know, the yearbook ads, we get uh, vendors to give us ads, and and if you're a vendor and you give us an ad, uh, we're going to give you a yearbook. Because we believe you ought to see where your ad's at. Very nice. If you put a, if you put an ad in the in the paper, you want to get a you want to look at it. Yeah. Well, we're going to send you a free yearbook. So anybody that wants to join or help us with uh with ads, you're going to get a yearbook out of that deal. And and we believe I know I'm prejudiced, but we believe we put out one of the best yearbooks, one of the few hardcover yearbooks that's out there. Yeah. Uh, great photo. If you're a world champion, uh. Uh, show dog this this year she uh her dog was on the cover of the yearbook yeah uh, Hunt Madison dog, right there on the front with her that's hand. right and she's on the front uh if you win uh world championship uh coon dog we got a we call a riff fund we're gonna write you a check for ten thousand uh, dollars so through the association plus what ukc gives you yeah. so we won't you know we we feel like we have some good dogs out there we don't have as many dogs as some of the other breeds do, but we believe it's it's uh, quality over quantity. Yeah. So there's where we at with that, with that little piece of action. Yeah, and and you talked a little bit about the hunt and and uh, just anybody who goes to the breed. You know, I get to go to all the charter breed days events, and you can always count on the first full weekend in May being in black, at Black and Tan days. And even before I became uh, became employed by UKC, I did go to Black and Tan days multiple times. I used to. You know, hunt black dogs pretty regularly, and uh, 
it's always a, a spectacle here. It's uh, it's crazy how many black dogs and the and the people that enjoy them and and share the same interest can come together and just have a, a great weekend. Well, we hunted a hundred and ten black dogs last night. That's uh, a Thursday we, night, all black, hunt. all black hunt. Uh, no other breed could could enter. Uh, uh, UKZ's uh, graciously let us have our QE in it, uh, but it's all black. Uh, we do champion of champions. Uh, if you're a show champion and a night champion, a minimum night champion, you can hunt in a champion hunt. You can hunt in a puppy hunt. You can hunt in an all-black hunt, we call. They, they, we got a senior hunt on Wednesday night. Uh, nothing but seniors can hunt in that. Uh, we got a top 16 that we hunt uh, Wednesday night. I do want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, top 16 dogs, uh, they come out of the sectionals. Yeah. We got some automatic qualifiers. Like, so uh, like the top performing dogs at Autumn Oaks in the world, is right. that right? That's right. That's the top. We got some automatic Winter qualifiers. Classic. And then the rest of them come out of the sectionals. Yeah. So we encourage people to go to the sectionals, hunt the sectionals, and then they come out. And it seems to be a big deal. Uh, we do a play-by-play at, uh, on, on it just like UKC does on their bigger hunts. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's gaining traction. Uh, we're seeing people like it more. Uh, because it is the, some of the best black dogs that we got yeah. get to hunt it off. Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, you get you feel like you got the black the black and tan breed has some guys who can feed at the highest level. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night's just an indication of that. Uh, if you look at the cast breakdown and read those names and what they've achieved, if you were to go through you know their history of wins and not just the hounds but the handlers behind them, um, and then look at the scorecards and how many coons they scored on Wednesday night. Man, what a what a night that was. Right, you know. We uh again we feel good about our dogs you know we don't we don't win all the hunts nobody else does either but um, uh, we feel confident that the handlers along with the dogs uh, this is our philosophy sort of with the black and tan people is that it's really about the guy holding the leash as much as it is about the dog you know the common denominator here is these black dogs for us but the guy that's holding that leash is the important part of it. You know, we want sportsmanship. We want guys that's quality people holding that leash, and we've got that. Uh, we hunted at the Winter Classic. Uh, I think we had 13% of the dogs that entered the Winter Classic were black and tans. When, it, when the dust settled, we had first place, second place, third place, fifth place, and eighth place in the top ten were black dogs Yeah, uh, and had good scores. Yeah, they had a real good over a thousand points for the winner and nine hundred and something for second place. So uh, again, uh, we think proves a point that uh, we are as competitive as everybody else. We just don't have the quantity of the hunts. When you see us, we we don't have that quantity. But what we got there is quality. Yeah, you know one thing about it, you you mentioned that when I come to this hunt, I see a lot of faces that I only see one time a year. Uh, you know, I may not see them at the world championship. I may not see them in autumn oaks even. Uh, but they always make it a point to take off that first weekend, and that just speaks to kind of the family environment that the Black and Tan Association has, I think. That's correct. Uh, we, we, you know, we really push family stuff here. Uh, we got youth hunt going on right now. We give scholarships. We got the Horizon Award. Uh, our kids is competing against each other for scholarships. And, and, you know, we want not just good hunters. We want educated, smart hunters. And, and we encourage them to go to school. And they don't have to go to college, but that scholarship is good for trade schools or anything they want to do with that money as far as an education. Right. And uh, 
you know, uh, we just gave a little girl from, uh, I think she was from Minnesota, yeah. uh, Michigan. Uh, one, uh, I think it was Wisconsin or Minnesota. Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin. You're yeah. right. And, and, you know, she was as proud as a new pup. I'm telling yeah. you, she was grinning. Got a standing ovation. Oh, standing ovation, you know. Uh, she'll get a lot of pats on the back. Uh, and, and people will pay attention to her. She, she's, a, she's a great kid, you know. And that's one thing about your association, and you hear it everywhere you go, is what you guys do for the youth. And uh, i got to give a special shout-out to Philip Heron and now uh, giving the reins over to Josh Renfro and what they've done. And, they're just you know, every time I go to a youth nationals event, uh, they're always uh, represented. There's always a representative there. Um, whenever you hear about a state championship, they've always got a high score in black and tan or a queen of show or something. They send trophies to them all. And you guys just do a good job of – uh, promoting for the sport and uh, promoting the to the youth of the sport and giving them something an incentive for entering their black and tan. That's you know we started this, but all the youth every state championship we send trophies, male and female, and and we want those kids to have something. We want them to walk off from there with something. And you know, unfortunately, uh, most places don't give anything anymore, any trophies or anything. We uh. uh We've got trophies here lined up with Trevor and I. We got uh, uh, almost $3,500 worth of trophies sitting up here that we're going to be giving to our membership. We're surrounded by them. We, trophies is all over the place. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, we want somebody to walk off from here and have a trophy so they can put up on their mantle wherever they want to put it and say, hey, I won this in competition. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, – it's just a good thing. It's, it's it's a good group of people. Like I said, you know, I I thank them all uh, for allowing me to be uh, president. We look at it as a privilege. It's not something that they forced on you to be the president of the Black Tan Association. It's a privilege to be a president or ex-president in this case uh, for the Black Tan Association. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the meeting that just happened. One thing that you guys do is you always have a. Uh, what a lifetime membership and today mr mike crockett from mississippi was awarded the lifetime membership and uh man it's uh you know i go to a, a lot of breeding meetings and then they all have their own uh award special awards that they give and to see grown men and women that have invested so much time and effort into a, a select breed and and advance the breed and to see uh just i mean to be blunt just a little emotional and how overwhelmed they are Standing ovation by their peers, that's always a special moment. Yeah, you know, Mike's a, Mike Crockett's a good friend of mine, and, and, and that just shows that the whole association knows Mike Crockett. Yeah. Um, because, again, the dogs he's had, he's always here. He's always willing to do anything that's asked of Mike to do. Uh, Mike's just a good human being. Yeah. And, and you're right, for the guys and gals that's here, uh, we, uh, we honor him with that with that position i it almost brings him to tears yep. to know that the association uh we run about 800 plus members that we recognize mike as one of the guys that's fostered this association that's made it who it is and it takes a lot of them we've got a list of in that yearbook we got we got a whole list of every one of these lifetime members and uh they're not all men either right uh miss chirpy uh, she's a lifetime member and a very active person today. So becoming a lifetime member is a great reward. Yes. And there's a lot of deserving people out there. And one of them you announced today of who your uh, lifetime member is, is going to be awarded next year, Mr. Ray Conrad of South Carolina. Right. Ray, 
Ray again, he he does all kinds of stuff for the association, the ex-president for the association. Uh, he and I and a lot of other guys, we just just talk. And, and, you know, you can get a lot done when you got friends and you feel comfortable enough to sit down and talk with them. And Ray's that kind of guy. You can pull up a chair. You can pull up a stump. You can pull whatever you want to up. And Ray Conrad is going to tell you what he thinks. And you better be ready to accept that. And that's great. That's what we want out of people. We don't want people uh, to mush mouth around and, and, you know, tell us the truth. What do you think? And, and you know, most of these older guys we got, and, and, and as you can tell uh, on our board, when you look down through there, you see a lot of ladies. Yeah. And, and, and that's for a reason. Yeah. Uh, when I pick these girls, uh, young women, I say girls, they're young women, and uh, because of their intelligence, their dedication to the breed, and their ability to reason, work, look, you know, they're really good people. Yeah. And, and they'll eventually move on up to. But Ray Conrad, uh, Ray exemplifies what we want out of a black and tan member. Yeah, you, you said something interesting there about Ray. He always has a, you know, he, he, he's, he's going to have an opinion. But, uh, and... You know, sometimes it may be critical, but he's not one that's just going to complain to you about something. One thing that he always does is he has a thought or maybe multiple thoughts about ways to improve or correct it. And that's what we need more of is more people that have the, crit the ability to critical think and to think about ways to improve it because that's what's going to advance the sport. It, it's correct. You know, we're, we, we talk about, you know, not just this association, but how we interact with other associations. We're, we're, you know, I'm always talking to other presidents and, and, and just members about how we, saying all us coon hunters, can pull together and be stronger as a whole group, a big group, than just individual groups. Black Tent Association, we feel like we do a lot of good stuff, but we open to suggestion from anybody else or any other breed, any other association. You know, you can't close the door, and I think that's another reason that we are successful in our breed is that we're willing to listen to other people you know all all people have an opinion and all people have a good opinion just it may not be the right opinion or the right direction for that particular time but it's yeah. still a good opinion you have to listen yeah that's right and we've talked a little bit about it uh, already as how you know coon hunters are you know hunting if you're a hunter period you're already a small niche of this country if you're a coon hunter, you're even smaller. And then when you get down to the bare bones and you're talking about just a certain breed and these are the only people you're going to interact with and bounce ideas off of and work with, you're talking about a, a very small sample size of the people in this country. And uh, we, we've, we've came to the realization, obviously, and a lot of people have, that there's strength in numbers. And the more that, you know, you've talked about trying to reach out and you're all, you see at Winter Classics, you're going to be at the other breed booths as much as you are your own breed booth bouncing ideas or listening to maybe what they're doing that's working, what they're doing that, that hasn't worked. You talked about that being almost more important. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm a member of several associations. I'm not just a member of the Black Tan Association. I got cards in my pocket for all kinds of associations. And, and you know, uh, that's for a reason. I, I want to support these guys. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to support them. And, and as Trevor was just talking about, he and I talked, it's, it's power in numbers. and uh, you have to take the, the blinders off sometimes and look at the other guys. Because everybody, every breed, every association is doing something right, or yep. they wouldn't be there. Right. So why not figure out what they're doing right and copy some of that 
and maybe share some of the stuff that we're doing right. So, you know, when you mix stuff like that, it, it becomes a win-win situation for both groups or three groups or four groups. So, yeah, in the future, I'm going to continue to reach out to other groups. Uh, I'll, I'll never stop doing that. Uh, I may be the past president, but I can still reach out. <laughs> and uh, so that, that that's where the Black Tan Association wants to do. We, we uh, in the coon business, you know, when you talk about your dogs, you don't want to have big ears, but we want to have big ears. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. I guess probably our la- our last thing to just mention here is that I guess the big news of the weekend is you guys have uh, announced where and when uh, Black and Tan Days is next year during the meeting today. Yes, uh, we'll be in Florida, Illinois, uh, same time, first week, first full weekend of uh, May. Uh, we'll be back in Florida. We've had a long history with Florida. Back to Charlie Brown Park. Back to Charlie <laughs> Brown Park. You know, the little train running around. It's a... Uh, uh, you know, it's almost a home for us. Yeah. We've been there a long time. A lot of a lot of people know each other in that area, in that community. I know people in that community. Uh, uh, Salem, uh, I mean, Salem, this is me, Floor, uh, the mayor and everybody, they know us. Uh, we try to bring a lot of revenue to a, a, a place that we go to. We bring a lot of people. Uh, as Trevor said, we got a lot of people out here that only hunt competition on Black and Tan Day. Right. And... They, uh, you know, they come in and, and, and again, they we got to post the scores because, buddy, they like to go look at that score. <laughs> you know, sometimes they might want to look at it with some blinders on, but they do like to look at scores. And, and that's a thing that we like doing. So, yes, we'd be at Charlie Brown Park um, in Flora, uh, you know, sort of like going back home. And uh, we'd like to welcome everybody that hears this podcast. Uh, come by, visit with us, uh, see what we're about. Uh, uh, we're we're going to have Friday and Saturday. You go baby hunt any dog you want to. And we would gladly have y'all come with us and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, just shoot the breeze with us. That's all we need. That's right. Well, I'm already looking forward to it. I already got that date circled for next year. I'm ready to get out there to back to Florida and, uh, and enjoy Black and Tan Days. But we got a whole nother couple of days here left. Looking forward to a big hunt tonight and tomorrow night and crowning some king and queens and overall winners and giving away some of these trophies. So uh, do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with us? Well, you know, uh, Black and Tan Association, uh, one of the things that we are so proud of is that uh, uh, we're only here because of the grace of God. Uh, we didn't, you know, we just didn't miraculously show up. Uh, wouldn't be for Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross. I doubt we'd be here. Our, our people are uh, we respect that. We very we respect uh, who we are, how we got here, and how we're going to continue to be here. We always open our ceremonies with a prayer, and that's that's for a reason because we do believe that uh, Jesus Christ has allowed us the opportunity to be coon hunters. Well, Kenneth, I've uh, I've sure enjoyed getting to know you over the past few years and and working closely with you, and I sure appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a ton of stuff to do, but uh, took some time to come up here and talk with me for a little bit, and uh, I look forward to, to, to continuing our relationship in the future in your, your new capacity, but I appreciate you sitting down with me. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.